listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back to MRP Throwbacks, the show that takes interviews previously released on YouTube and brings them back for your ears wherever you go. The last episode, we saw pterodactyl problems appear on the channel in late March of 2019, marking the first ever interview I conducted and sparking a newfound interest in speaking with more musicians and making more connections in the music industry. On this episode, we actually fast forward from March of 2019 to August of the same year, speaking with Lindsay Schoolcraft. In fact, this was the first time I ever spoke with her for the show, and in general. I actually remember this so vividly because it was a very fun time I had animating a Skullcraft picture and giving it motions and emotions like a fucking maniac. To be fair, she didn't have any videos, so I kind of just had to wing it, but fuck it, I had the time of my fucking life, it was the funniest shit I'd ever done. But to get serious for a moment, it was also one of the hardest weeks of my life thus far. Some people on the channel know this, many of my family know about this, but most of you probably don't know. But this was also around this time, the week of my mom's passing. The week of her funeral. It was one of the roughest weeks I'd ever endured for multiple reasons, not just my mom's death, but because it was also the first time I had ever experienced self-contemplation for past actions. It also forced me to get into the same room with people I swore I would never be in the same room with ever again, and trying to keep a level head through all of this while working a part-time job so I can keep income going. To say I was going through a lot during this time was an understatement. But the week had a light at the end of the tunnel, because I had also scheduled an interview with the keyboardist of Cradle of Filth. Look guys, it's a celebrity! I'm gonna be a millionaire! <laughs> I legit thought like that. Maybe not exactly like that, but I had those kinds of thoughts around that time. I didn't know who she was at the time. As far as I was concerned, she was a member of one of the biggest black metal bands on the planet and was also a Canadian. I was like, this is so cool. When the video goes up, I'm gonna get super famous. That didn't happen. The video only has about 58 views at the time of recording this, but back then, I actually didn't care, and I still don't care. Even if the views didn't go as well as I was expecting, I still don't regret doing that interview. And it goes back to that awful week. It was a week of anger and frustration. I was angry with life, I was angry with myself, angry with these people that I'm forced to be around and speak to. People that one day I hope will be buried underneath the fucking prison. But then I ended that week with the best medicine possible. Laughter. Like, I knew at that point that laughter was a great healer, but I never truly understood why until speaking with Lindsay for the channel. Me and Lindsay were joking around most of that interview. We were having fun talking about Martyr, how she bamboozled the Canadian government for her harp, and just having so much fun. So of all of the interviews that I had ever done and all the interviews that will go up on this series, this one, this one interview, it really holds a special place in my memory. So Lindsay, if for whatever reason you're listening to this, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being such a cool person. Thank you for coming on my show, on my show of all shows, for this interview and every other afterwards. And just thank you for being someone that I can thankfully call a friend. 
It really means a lot. Whew, that was depressing. Can we get a fart? Oh, that felt good. <laughs> oh, I'm such a child. Anyways, let's take a look at how the interview actually went. It's Lindsay Schoolcraft. How you doing? Hey, Tom. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. For the interviews I do, I usually like to structure them with uh, just starting off with a couple icebreaker questions and then getting yeah. into the meat of the interview. So you okay with that? Awesome. It's your world. You do you. I'm just here visiting. <laughs> okay. What musical moment gives you chills every time you hear it? Ooh. Could be from anything you've heard, anything you've even done. Oh, that because there's so <laughs> many. Oh, so damn, many moments. Son, that's a loaded <laughs> question. It just depends on what I'm feeling that day and what comes up. Honestly, like the artist that's given me the most chills ever would have to be Vast, which is video, audio, sensory theater, which is oh. the project of John Crosby from Seattle. Oh. And it's like post grunge world rock. And man, anytime I go back and listen to his stuff, I always get goosebumps. The, the last band I asked, I asked this question too, so I'm trying to make this a trend. If you could be <laughs> any cereal box character, who would you be? Oh, they're all annoying. <laughs> um, probably Toucan Sam. Okay. Why not? I okay. don't like the Tricks Rabbit, and I don't like the Lucky Charms guy, so Toucan Sam is like... Maybe Count Chocula, but, like, then I'd be a dude. For all dudes. <laughs> Let's dive into it. So your big right. thing is that you're a musician with a wide range of musical talents, soaring above the very idea of genre, from your singing voice to songwriting to piano to banjo. That last one was a lie, but let's face it, the people <laughs> at home probably thought that was real for a second. Uh, and now, now to the flipping harp. That I thought was a very interesting thing when I found out. What made you want to pick up the harp in the first place? There's a few people to blame for that. Um, my dad is Scottish and Irish, so it was inevitable that this was going to, to happen. The two biggest acts that actually inspired me to play, like it was a calling, like I'd listen to their music, and that's all I'd hear was Bjork, especially the album Best for Time, and then Nightwish, and... You know, I, I could just always hear the harp above, like, anything off of the album once. Yeah, it's just something that, you know, I wanted to do for a long time. And then I was in school at the time. I bamboozled the government out of a ton of money and said, buy me this harp for my third year folk course, which I never got to because Cradle Filth took me at a university. What's it like tuning the harp? When I was doing research to come up with questions for this video, I, I did come across your YouTube channel and I saw the video Assumptions Are Toxic. Were the rumors yeah. really that bad? Like, were there, was there that much people, like, at, yeah. spread this around? Oh my god. Like, the super fans in Mexico thought I was leaving Cradle of Filth. And I'm like, where did I say this? And then I understand, like, maybe the way my post was worded, it was lost in translation. But unless I say, like, literally... I am leaving Cradle of Filth. I'm not leaving Cradle of Filth. Metal musicians, most of them, have a tendency to avoid any kind of music theory whatsoever. Whilst others, especially in Prague, will say that it's very important and will use it in their day-to-day -day lives. Being that you have a bit of music theory under your belt, do you think it's helped with your songwriting or has limited you entirely? It, it's something I don't even think about. And then when I go to write, I'll be using it without even thinking about it because when it comes to writing, like, 
you just have to, I feel something inside. I hear it. I want to get it out. Everything adds up later. I feel that theory is the written language of music. It's like knowing how to read and write. It's important when you start bringing it to, like when you want to work with a choir or an orchestra or you're getting someone else to play your music and they don't want to do it by ear. They're like, that's when it's important. Um, But the thing that blew me away is I was talking about it with Rocky, the you know gentleman I wrote my album with, and he doesn't know any theory. And the man's won three Grammys. If it's something that interests you, I say, love it, embrace it, go for it. But the problem I have with theory snobs is when they are insecure blatantly and they're using it as a one-up on you to make you feel stupid that's when i have an issue i have ran into some of those people who are like well i have my ba and i know my theory therefore i'm better than you are you telling me you don't know about the c major seven at eleven over f sharp oh my goodness <laughs> i mean I, I can but it's like i i'm like who cares your new album martyr is coming out this year in october i believe uh, yeah. and on top of that you've also been so prominent with cradle of filth and all over the black metal community with Antiqua, and as well as your cameo with uh, Pantheon of Nightside Gods by Beelzebubs. So with yeah. all of that going on in your life, what made you decide to uh, start up a solo album? Well, the thing is, is people, like, um, I don't think they really knew, but I was a solo artist before I joined Cradle Self. I feel like my EP, my very old EP from 2012, was like my musical resume that got me into Cradle Self. Mm-hmm. So I've always been a solo artist. And I mean, b- forcing myself to be a solo artist came from the fact that my second band crashed and burned. And I was just like, I don't want to work with you guys anymore. You guys suck and your attitude sucks. And like, I want to move on and just like do this myself. I understand that you are an Evanescence fan and you actually yeah, got a chance a to... Bit. Yeah, just a little bit. You got the chance to work with Rocky. What was that like, being that he's the former drummer? You know, he is just such a cool person. Um, He's very patient and funny and, like, honest. He's just very trusting. Like, he's he's like, I trust you, and of course I trust him. Like, the man is so established. And uh, we had an incredible time. I'm so grateful for him and him taking a chance on me. And, uh, you know, he's on board for future albums, too, which just makes me so happy. So would you say working on a solo album is different or is it similar to working with a band? And uh, furthermore, which approach would you say is more rewarding in the end? You know, um, it's so different between my three projects. Uh, Cradle of Filth, I'm a small contributor where, you know, in my solo, I am the main person. So it's it's very different. Like I am the conductor versus a small contributor. And then when it comes to Antiqua, I am a big contributor. I'm one of the top three composers of that, that black metal side project. That is a different role. And also the, I'm very different in all. And then, you know, when it comes to being a comic book character, that was just easy breezy, you know, slap down some vocals. Thank you. Cool. Um, <laughs> So that was like, Beelzebub is easy. And I love that I'm a comic book character. I feel like I've really made it in life. (laughs) It's very different levels of responsibility and expectations because there's a certain outline that Cradle's music has to be. It has to be on a certain level, but also a certain sound. Where with my solo, that was just me naturally breathing life into being a singer-songwriter. And then with Antiqua, 
that is a whole other side of me that people haven't even seen yet. I did have a chance to hear the album, and without giving away my thoughts uh, before I put out a review, <coughs> fucking rules, uh, I, I can say that <laughs> <laughs> this is this is definitely not black metal in the vein of Cradle Filth or even Antiqua. Uh, so uh, do you wonder what fans of your other works would be wondering or thinking when they hit play on this album? A lot of people didn't expect it at first, especially the our tour manager in Cradle Fills, he thought I was going to do like an operatic Chelsea Wolf thing because of what he saw me do with Cradle of Fills. And I was like, no, there's already a Chelsea Wolf. There's already, you know, there's already these people and they exist and that's fine. If they knew that Rocky Gray was on board, they're like, yeah, this is what I expected. You know? Um, Martyr appears to have huge influence from like a sort of gothic atmosphere and i'm not talking goth like oh my god she's so goth have you seen the black <laughs> lipstick the black hair oh my god no not that kind of goth i'm talking like like a uh, goth from like the album art being like stained glass uh effect to yeah. even the chants from that opening track and i was getting major notre dame vibes and i've never even been there that is insane <laughs> uh, was that something that you were intending to have happen um, well, yeah. Last question. Uh, sure. So seeing as this is your first solo album, aside from the EP, uh, and your work with the other projects obviously isn't going anywhere. No, seriously, <laughs> it's not going anywhere, YouTube. Stop asking. Uh, <laughs> sh should we expect another solo outing in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I have all the songs for the next album mostly demoed. Um, it's just me wanting to give this album the launch it deserves since I am doing it independently. And then once this album's out there and, you know, people are happy and owning their copy, um, then I want to, I really want to just give myself like a month to start no distractions working on the next set of songs with Rocky and whoever else is involved. Cause I always have one little side person here and there on the song. So yeah, it's, it's coming. Definitely. I want to do a follow up. And I mean, it was really funny when I listened to Martyr, back in the studio with Tyler, I was like, okay, so we have like two and a half heavy songs and the rest are like slow and sad. So for the next album, I plan to bring the heavy. <laughs> and I can't fucking wait for that. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, sticking around for this call. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Um, I hope the video does well. Well, Lindsay, it depends really on your views on how many views is successful. If you think 58 views is doing pretty well, then I'd say we did it! Yay! <laughs> Anyway, so thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can also check out the original video on YouTube. It's still up there. And if you want to check it out, maybe push the views past 60, please. You can definitely do so. Link is down in the podcast show notes. But with that said, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more episodes like this, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast. I'll, I plan on doing a lot more of these in the future. And I hope you enjoyed this one. I will see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast.